Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. Let's try to knock this intro out in less than four freaking minutes. I'm Jackie Cation, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Those are the websites. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and composed the song you just heard. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Sarah Cohen sings with him. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. There are many ways to support the show. Basic one, PayPal button. You click on it, you send me some money. Good for you. There's also, you can Venmo me at Jackie at JackieCation.com. You can use the Amazon banner. There's a link on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com that sends you to Amazon. You just order like normal. Doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way to support the show. Another way is to get merch. JackieCation.com has a merch page. A lot of Dork Forest stuff, a lot of stand-up comedy stuff. Also on the website, Stand-Up Comedy Calendar tells you where I'm going to be. This week, I'm going to be in Vermont at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont. So if you live near Vermont, you should totally come and see me do comedy there. There's premium episodes. The premium episodes are at thedorkforest.bandcamp.com, and they cost two bucks a pop. The YouTube page is hopping. There's a YouTube page that has essentially the teaser clips and the full episodes now. And if you can't get iTunes or whatever at work, you can listen to the show in the background on YouTube. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm on this ship, Joko Cruz, and uh, I am with another guest of the ship, uh, Anita Sarkeesian. Welcome to the show. Hello. Here we are. We're on a boat. We are on a boat, and we're both half Armenian, and you're Canadian I'm Armenian. I'm full Armenian. How you dare full? you? How, uh, My parents would be so <laughs> mad at you right now. Exactly. I'm very, full. Right. Generations no, but, back. There can't be any other, even right. I'm sure there was like an Assyrian somewhere in our oh, timeline. But nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the weird Jews that pass through. <laughs> heaven for Fent. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, though there's, um, it's so funny because, um, yeah, so you're f- really, so well, no I Odars. Like half, you're not. <laughs> I feel like half Armenians are such a rare breed because we are so incestuous. It's that, like, super. It's super radical to be like I'm going to breed with someone not Armenian. Oh, my father is a. He will play the field and has always enjoyed a nice Catholic lady. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, no, uh, Orthodox my, all the way. Right, <laughs> very nice. It was basically the same thing. But it's we uh, well, and my I have a I have a, a terrible cousin uh, who's uh-huh. dead now. Good. Do not mourn it. Yeah. Do not mourn the loss of Morad Jingozian, you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll name you him. Said her, you said the name and it just made it more real. It was funny before then. <laughs> <laughs> Morad Jingozian uh, is uh, a piece of work. My father's a piece of work and I'm sure his children loved him and love him now that he has passed. But uh, my Uncle Moose, <laughs> and that's what we used to call him because uh, uh, we're good. from Wisconsin. Good. And uh, so Morad Jingozian, his... My dad's name is Elliot. His name is Morad. We used to call him Uncle Moron. And his yeah, kids used to would. call uh, our dad Uncle Idiot. So uh, <laughs> it's a fabulous. It's a fantastic Armenian. Uh, but Morad would always say that uh, my brother Scott is blonde with green eyes. And it was because of the spice trade through Armenia back oh. in the 12th century. And it's like, or our mother was Irish and her father. <laughs> Had blonde hair and green eyes. Or that. Or that. That's like, 
a little too on the nose. It right, has to be close. the spice trade. It has clearly. to be the spice trade. All and that cayenne pepper. <laughs> exactly. Right. The cumin just passing the cu- yeah. through. The allspice. <laughs> the cloves. I was always like, is allspice a spice or is it many things? Right. Ooh. It's so true, though, because uh, that's a bit. My mom cooks with allspice all the time. I don't even. It's a, And it's if it's, it's all the spices, thing. it's a deceptive name. Because it's so deceptive. It, because, like, what are all the spices? How many spices can be in allspice? It's there's only one spice in allspice, and it's allspice. <laughs> Just so you know, because I looked into it, because it's an irritant to me that it's called allspice, and this is a perfect thing. It's Anita so Sarkeesian, deceptive. you guys. Uh, first of all, you should know uh, yes. that the website is feministfrequency.com, and uh, Twitter is at femfreak. Uh, F-E-M-F-R-E-Q or at Anita Sarkeesian, oddly Love enough. And Sarkeesian is S-A-R-K-E-E-S-I-A-N, which is exactly how I would have spelled it because uh, phonetics. And Anita yeah. is spelled like Anita, it turns out. It's weird how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, now, uh, your dorkdom is weird foods. Or all food. Well, just I was, food like, I was in general. To, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You're like, what are you a dork about? And like, so, okay. We are on a ship of dorks, which right. is the perfect place to record this podcast. Oh, it really is. It really, like, I could do 1,700 episodes of this. I got thing. stuck in a conversation yesterday. Well, I was I was adjacent to a conversation yesterday go. about the Star Wars fandom over time and the debate about the ebb and flow of Star Wars fandom. Huh. And like the facts that were pulled out to explain <laughs> each position was just a level of dorkiness that you could only have on the oh, Joko cruise. I love right? the level of dork. This, so I... when you ask me if I'm a dork about anything, I'm like, well, what can I talk about with great detail? And I was like, Nothing. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot about a. Li- I, I know a little bit about a lot of things. Right. Which is uh, literally the dork forest is mostly about enthusiasm and sure. not about information. Yes. There will be a dork who is listening to this right now who will email me a five paragraph uh, thing going. Well, um, actually, actually, Star Wars, Star Wars, yeah. or, or whatever it is that we're talking about, will give me the history of jazz. And I totally appreciate. It. I, I appreciate if it's presented in a non-internet-y way. It, 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 me, it's in the not well actually way. If it's just like, hey, here's some information for you. Uh, you no, I like, actually love it when do, it's you in... You actually yeah, love the, the actually. I, I genuinely love the um actually way because good, good. it makes me happy. It, I <laughs> go down a rabbit hole with these and it's usually dudes, uh, but, they're, but they know things and so I get a lot of information that I am sorry to tell you, uh, gentlemen, I skim. But And then uh, immediately forget. Always. But yeah. I immediately forget everyone's dorkdom after the hour. I did an amazing episode about cricket. I knew how to oh, play cricket. I just learned that cricket's not croquet. Interesting. Yeah. And it's actually fun to play. And I did not mean to rhyme. Did you? Maybe I have a new career ahead of me. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian, rapping, <laughs> rapping. And uh, got to get that episode with Jean Grey, by the way. Yeah. So, um, but it's, the if I love I love to get, you know, like if, if it's, if sometimes I mention a book and then I'll get a lot of information yeah. about that author and the information about that book. I'm, that's one of the things I love about geeky people um, and being in this orbit is, yeah. is like the passion that folks have and the knowledge they have. I asked someone why the name of this ship was called the Oosterdam and they're like, well, let me tell you. There are four ships and they're all based on black. I've already forgotten it. Like, right. I've heard this like three hours ago. Right, or whatever. Right. But I love that like th- there's there this wealth reason. of information around us that's just 
not important, but fascinating. Right. And they even know it's not important. No. Because there's a half smile on every dude's face when he tells me this. He's like, <laughs> so good. Uh, just, well, actually, I could tell you uh, exactly why that. And then they tell me. And then I, I keep probably 20% of it. So I feel I, I, I feel like that shallow pool of information yeah. is added to. I am that person that's like, oh, I learned this cool thing about this thing we're talking about. And it there was like water and then there was like a person and a rat. But no, sorry. Sorry. No, let's start. Let's start again. And I just like ruin the punchline and then forget all the facts. <laughs> and then I'm like, but it was really interesting. In the Believe moment. Believe me. <laughs> in the moment, it genuinely is. So uh, that's what this podcast is. I love it. And welcome to it. Thank you. All right. So what I loved, you were like, well, I like food. I and, do. And, you, and, and I've done probably a hand, like a handful to 10 episodes out of the 600 so episodes. There's been plenty of food episodes. And I love chicken. Did you see that? Uh, you know how like when you come into Yes. They, they fold your yes. towel like something. They folded my towel like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> I thought that was just a funny joke on stage, but you really you did not make that up. No, that looks like a rotisserie chicken, doesn't it? It really does. I think and it's Andy supposed to be a monkey, though. That's what Andy said. And I was like, what monkey? Where's the monkey? I mean... I, there's a Rorschach the- thing. I see chicken in everything. <laughs> that might be part of it, is that I do see chicken. In, chicken is one of my dorkdoms. My ad, my ad, my ad. We're about to do an ad. Hey, guys, it's me, Jackie Cation. Guess what? It's a Casper mattress ad. Yeah, I've always wanted one. You spend a third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable, right? The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. There's over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google. Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. I've actually heard that. People love these Casper mattresses, man. They offer a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure the overall better sleep experience. Uh, we need new pillows. I think I'm going to do it. And it, get this, it's all designed, developed, and assembled in the United States. And it's delivered right to your door in a tiny, small, how do they do that, sized box. Free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. The thing is, is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial, which is weird and awesome of them. You have to note that this offer is only applicable to select mattress purchases and terms and conditions apply. What happens is you get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash dork and using the promo code dork at checkout. So you go to casper.com slash dork and use the promo code dork at checkout. And that has been an ad for Casper mattresses. Let's get back into the show, though. So, um, so I find chicken kind of boring, though. I'm sorry to say. Oh, I'm sorry to say. Oh, then someone's done something horrible to you. Uh, it's you, not as bad as turkey. What, so you, you know you can have it. Uh, I like all the poultries. Okay. All the pol- me, mean, me and poultry. Maybe this is uh, a poultry cast. It's a. But you are not not into poultry. I'm not not into it. No, no. But I what, just think. Do you? If do I you have eat choices. Meat? Oh God! Do I only eat meat? It's like. <laughs> I am the opposite of a vegan. Okay. In every way. You would like, are you paleo? I am. <gasps> Wait a minute. Didn't you say you just did some, some, I did some the whole 30. Thing? That's a food thing, like a diet <laughs> thing. It's right? a diet thing, yeah. What is the whole 30? Okay. The whole 30 is a, um, 
What is the Whole30? It is a, uh, it's a type of, it's kind of like an elimination diet, but not that severe. It is a restrictive diet that a lot of folks do at the beginning of the year to help, you know, sort of reset your body. Like a cleanse, but not a cleanse. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's, it's basically a more restrictive paleo, which means that there are no grains. So that means also no rice. People yeah. People have a hard time understanding that rice it's is not a just grain. bread. <laughs> rice is corn is also a grain. Right? So no rice, no corn, no soy sauce, no um no sugar except yeah. in fruit with right. moderation. So not even like alternative sugars like uh stevia and Yeah, or like maple syrup or honey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um no uh other thing, no dairy, no mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Um and no soy. I said that. Yeah. Um and so you basically eat meat and vegetables. And beans? No beans. No beans. Right. Um and so you do that for 30 days and the idea is that like you're sort of resetting your body a little bit and you're assessing cuz some people, you know, a lot of people are reactive to things and they don't know why or yeah. what it is or just don't feel good. So you can slowly then reincorporate those back into your diet and see how you're reacting. So if like you introduce beans back in and then go fuck, I still feel really bad. I can swear on this podcast. Yes. Right. Good. Fuck um, it. Uh, I still feel bad, then you might realize that you maybe beans are not a great thing for you to have in your life or right. you have them more moderately or whatever. I did something exactly like this because <laughs> last year I had my first ever surgery and I um, have never had insurance. So I am constantly go to alternative medicine. And so now I'm sucked into essentially the hippies who look at the moon and then tell me that uh, like I was gluten free for a year and a half in 1995. Uh, I went macrobiotic in yeah. 1993. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, went away. But uh, so I went to this uh, – I have an acupuncturist and a chiropractor and then I they, I was turned on to a nutritionist. And the nutritionist was like, "You, ha- I think you're allergic to – and I had a series of blood tests. She's like, I think you're probably allergic to gluten. Uh, it turned out I had one of those lady uh, Pokemons. I had a, 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 a fibroid. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Those uh, are painful. Was no, I was just – uh, it was not painful. Oh, I know I, some people who I like- was bleeding to death enormously slowly. Yeah. It was the slowest bleeding to death ever. Yeah. And, uh, but I had been told by my gynecologist that, uh, that my period might be uneven as I uh, age into oblivion. Yes, so I thought that that's right. That's what I thought was happening. And uh, so I went to everybody. I went to my chiropractor. He was like, what's happening? And uh, <laughs> let <laughs> like, me fix your neck. And <laughs> yeah. so my acupuncturist. And finally it was my acupuncturist who said, go to a doctor. <laughs> There's a reason Western medicine exists. Sure, sure. She's yeah. a 65 year old Chinese lady, by the way, from China. Yeah. And she's like, go to a gynecologist and tell them that you're bleeding weird. And I did. And the gynecologist said, yeah, we got to get that out of you. That's a real thing. And I'm like, uh, he said, I could feel it in there. Cause I went to the ER cause I was, it was bad. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I could feel it. I could, I could probably just pull it out. And I said, why don't you do that? I said, cause you oh, would bleed to death. This is not, I a- could just pull it out. <laughs> it's not a thing I want to hear in this context. Oh, and he had the worst bedside manner in the world. Cause I had never had surgery before. And I said, can I, um, uh, uh, I'm worried about the anesthesia. I've never uh, ha- had the lights put out on me. And he's like, "Yeah, mo- most people die of the anesthesia oh my God. if there's anybody was he who dies." To make jokes? I think he might have been, but uh, was he like out- a comedic guy, or was he like, "You're a comedian, so I'm going to uh, try to out comedy you"? He didn't know I was a comedian. Okay. 
and he was super deadpan, but I think he was kidding. That's he not was just funny. terrible at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. It was really not Stick good. Stick to your profession. Anyway, so I get all this blood test to find out if I'm allergic to anything. It turns out old school peasant stock, half Armenian, half Irish. Uh, literally, the, uh, the, the joke, of course, is that this was genetically modified to pick up a rock yes. on someone else's property. And move it to wherever that person might want. Good. Anyway, yeah. so uh, but I, I'm not allergic to any of that stuff. But I did do for like three months. I I didn't. It was because she was like, "You're not allergic to gluten, but I don't think you should have it anyway." And yeah. I was like, "You just don't like gluten. You hate gluten." And she's like, "I don't like gluten." And Fair. so I I didn't do rice or any of this stuff. So you have been doing that, or did you just finish? I've been doing it off and on for a while. Um, so I travel a lot, and it makes eating healthy on the road incredibly difficult. And so, and I'm one of those people that's really good with, uh, I guess extremes to some degree where I'm like, I have to eat this way and there can be no exceptions and I stick to it and stick to it and stick to it. And if I fuck up once, I just give up completely. (laughs) Oh my God. So so like, I can't just do moderation. Right. Right. Um, and so, and like, I, I go to Sweden a lot and Sweden has the best fucking food. And also, they have delightfully delicious fresh bread everywhere all the time. Like, my Swedish friends come to America, and they're like, what is this garbage? Right. Well, this is not bread. I don't understand. The like, Swedish go- are nailing bread? Yes. You walk into a Swedish restaurant, and they will uh, – they'll be, like, a little bu- – like, there's a lot of um, almost self-serve, like, a buffet-style Yeah. Kind Steam table no, but it's like you go to a counter and you order the food you want, right? And okay. so that there's like the hot food that they prepare and there might yep. be like three options of things. And then there's a table of like 20 kinds of bread and you slice it yourself because it's fucking fresh. And then sometimes there's like little tiny salad things that you get. It is delightful. The Swedes wow. are an incredible uh, food culture that resonates with me because I like to eat this way. It's a lot of meat and vegetables yeah. and fresh bread. And then fresh bread. So I go to Sweden and I'm like, okay, every other day I'll eat bread. This is my thing. No, every day. Every <laughs> meal. You just you can't stop. But right. I come They back. made it fresh. Why, it how do you rude. Say, it's so rude not to, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So... Okay, this year, yep. which it I didn't mean to do like a New Year's resolution because I don't really believe in that, okay. but it just happened to coincide because I had just spent 34 days on the road Ugh. and came home and was like, oh, I got to get my shit together. Right, right. So I was like, I got a personal trainer. Oh, it's got to do the whole 30. Yeah, yeah. I created a WhatsApp support group for the people I convinced to do the whole 30 with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, and then I was like, I feel good. I can't. I was sitting. I was standing around my house, and I was like, "I have." I was like, "Okay." So I suffer from depression. Okay. And um, I was like, just feeling kind of like happy. Oh, interesting. And interesting. I was like, I was. Where did so, this come from? Yeah, I like you. I, the look on my face right now. I'm having a hard time articulating the right. feeling because I was like, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. Like things are okay. I don't get it. And I was like, oh, is this what people feel like in life all the time? Like, is this just like the normal state of affairs? But But the like baseline. But not your baseline. Not my baseline. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this could have something to do with the fact that I'm eating well and working out regularly Mm -hmm. and taking care of myself. And I'm like, so now I'm in this, this mode where I keep remembering that feeling and hoping that I get like and being like, it's not worth it to eat the shitty fucking right. crappy desserts on this ship. Yeah. Uh, in order to not feel good. Right. 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 So I just I'm holding on to that feeling and hoping that even if I do make not make mistake, like if I'm going to do this for the long term, right. I need to be able to be OK with like. 
uh, not making mistakes, but like accepting that there's going to be exceptions occasionally yes. and doing those more strategically. So in the middle of Whole30, I got um, invited to a Michelin-starred restaurant for super cheap uh, that was a part of this event that I was uh, at. And so it In was, Sweden? No. Okay. No, uh, no. I do have Swedish food stories. Though. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but so, no, it was, it's Royster is um, a restaurant as, that's a part of the Alinea Group in Chicago. Okay. And there are three or four, three or four, three, three restaurants that are part of that that are all sort of like Michelin-starred high-end dining. Okay. And Royster's the, the more casual one of those. Okay. And they close down the restaurant and do a buffet style for the people at this conference I went to. Okay. And I was like – How do you spell Royster's? R-O-I-S-T-E-R. Oh, Royster. Royster. Got it. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm doing really good on this diet. I like, I literally baked a package of bacon. Or I baked it, but I yeah. cooked a package of bacon and brought it on the plane with me okay. so that I could have lunch yes. on the plane of right. bacon. Of bacon. Sometimes bacon is an entire meal of its own, and that is so super on diet. That's Benefit weird. of the diet. Benefit of the diet. Um, you can eat bacon. You can eat bacon. A bag of bacon. A lot of bacon. Wow. Um, anyways, <laughs> so uh, Royster is notorious, like, is known for their fried chicken sandwiches. Oh. So, like, we're talking all of the gluten. All, of the, all gluten. of the gluten. Right. It's been branded within an inch of its life. They do, like, a brioche bun with a fried chicken, like, fried chicken in it with this delightful sauce. It is amazing really amazing it was so worth it huh. in every way right right yeah fried wow. chicken man but they so, did it so like designer fried chicken designer fried chicken the all right the other thing at this restaurant that is <laughs> top three favorite dessert i've ever had okay they make a foie gras chocolate bar so imagine foie a small gras. little chocolate bar and yeah. instead of the nougat part of it yeah it's foie gras what is foie gras? It is it, caviar. It's no, it's liver. It's, it's, it's a duck liver, liver pate. It's duck liver. Okay, it's yeah. It's like wait, you there's chocolate and duck ducks. liver. Well, that's so it's usually savory. Yeah, but because it's so rich. Yeah, and kind of heavy, and and kind mixed of with chocolate and mixed with chocolate, it is the perfect. Con- it is so. I'd never seen anything like it. It is so delightful and wonderful. That's kind of amazing. It's really, really good. That actually would work. You know, I saw a documentary on Netflix. Michael Pollan has a series mm-hmm. of four one-hour things, fire, wind, earth, yellow, yeah. whatever, <laughs> whatever. Says, whatever band he's doing. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them was fermentation of, yeah. of the cocoa beans, which is here in Mexico. We are off the coast of Loreto, Mexico, sure in the Sea of Cortez. And... Um, and so it was talking about how uh, the chocolate is actually a savory thing, and then we add sugar to it, and that's how uh, t- uh, chocolate bars are made. So uh, the idea of a chocolate with a foie gras um, brilliant. is kind of brilliant. Yeah. 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 And uh, wow. It's really good. That sounds so anyways, kind of amazing. Oh, okay. I, I derailed us because I did make – I made so that you, exception. Yeah, you make an, and an, an exception. And then I was fine for the rest of the week and ate what I needed to eat. And this involves – the amount of prep work I do and the amount of thinking I do around food now before yeah. I get on. I have. Do you know how many snacks I have in my room right now? And like, you came on to a ship that fucking, is full of snacks. Exactly. I brought pork rinds and protein bars and like little paleo snack mixes because I'm like, I don't want at 12 at midnight when I'm not of mind yes. on things <laughs> and uh, I get the munchies. Right. I don't want to be eating the like Whatever. The shit on the ship 
right? That's that's not what I should be eating, right? That, because then I won't have that happy feeling that people have. Yeah, yeah. The happy, it exists. You have happiness I, now. Well, no, I well, on you it. have well, I, well, it's still gonna. Here's the thing about about uh, the people who have depression that is very sad. They suffer from depression, and so they are don't know what happiness is, and so when they get meds or they get a, a, something like this that that helps them discover what people who don't have depression, which is me. Uh, I, what I do is I get depressed and what that is, I call that, <laughs> you get depressed about our depression. No, I get depressed in life oh. where I am depressed, but I'm mostly cheerful. Like You're cheerfully I, depressed? No, no. I have uh, – they're just called different emotions. Oh, 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 right. oh I don't emotions. suffer from – yeah. Emotions. I don't suffer from depression, Fancy. which seems to be uh, – Please uh, tell me more. Uh, well, depression, if I – if now, and I don't know, but uh, I have friends who suffer from depression, and it seems to be the baseline. Where you're just like, I am slogging through some water here as I try to achieve my life. And if you can find some Circe's from that, thank you, I just said Circe's, you guys. Somebody, give me a nickel. So, uh, <laughs> But if you can find some relief from that and, and get out of it and you're like, is this what happiness is? It is. But what you should know is that I'm mostly like that, which of course you should be jealous. But when I get depressed, it is also real. But it, uh, I know that it's going to end. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing with depression is the baseline is just a constant like you yeah I don't know, it's, yeah it's messy like I spent I didn't realize until I was an adult that I think that I had like I'm not I'm not diagnosed right you know, I don't I don't I you haven't been a whole nother conversation about diagnoses and mental yeah. health is actually kind of a issue um but. Uh, I this baseline. I just assumed everybody suffered from this kind of like uh, you're in feeling baseline because you don't know any different and nobody talks about it. My family didn't talk about emotions. We're Armenian, right? Talk about feelings. <laughs> um, and so I didn't realize until I was an adult that I was like, oh, I think I actually have been suffering from depression my whole life, right? And didn't like when you are a child of like ten and you spend the entire summer watching TV you have first thing in the siblings? morning. What? No, a child of ten. Oh, oh, oh when 10 you years were ten old. years old. Yeah. I was oh my like, god. What did I, I was like, wrong? are there ten kids in your oh, family? Oh god, no. My How mother many? would lose her goddamn mind. How many kids are in your family? Just, just two. Just two. two. Okay, yeah. we have six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Catholics. Catholics. That's Catholics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, um, Armenians know about birth control. Anyway, they so, do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They're, we don't have the same problems. Yeah, um, but. So when you're a child of 10 and I you wake up. I sat around all summer watching TV from morning to night. I'd watch Lamb Chops Playhouse in the morning and Star Trek Voyager in the, at night. Like yeah, I did yeah. nothing but watch TV. And I was like, as an adult, now I know that that's – I love that I've turned my depressive like dissociations into my career. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, just watch TV for 24 hours a day? Done. Done. I can do that. It turns out I have that <laughs> skill set. But then as an adult, I was like, oh, I see these patterns and I understand this thing better and I can like do, do things to help uh, yes. solve that problem. But it there's almost a comfort in this didn't come out of nowhere, right? Yeah. It's that this was a, a thing that I've – that I grappled with and now I have the language and the tools to be able to deal with. Well, and, and I think that you just defined growing up. I mean, yeah, the thing is, yeah, is like, yeah. I mean, we're children until we realize that like my stepmother used to say, uh, she literally was one of the meanest, funniest things she's, and she was known for her mean and funny things to say, uh, was she's like, yes, it's very sad that you were born in the rain. Uh, you're an adult now. Why are you still standing in the rain? Get out of the rain. 
Oh. You're a grown up. You know the fucking get out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very limited and not how it works at all. But oh, it's, not it's, at all. It's poetic. It's poetic and it sums it up. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not particularly helpful. It is what it is. Is it's hilarious, <laughs> and it's you're like. Okay, allow me to unravel that and try to figure out how to grow up, which is what you're trying to tell me yeah. to do. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, when I, like, so my friends who were doing the Whole30 with me, um, and we still, like, yeah. it's done, but we still use this app to talk about food stuff. Because a lot of us, a lot of them are like, oh, I want to do an 80-20, right? Like, I want to yeah. do eat, like, this 80% of the time and not 20% of the time. And so watching them... Um, you know, like, quote unquote, make mistakes or, you know, like... Or you, make different choices to, to yeah, have a but, treat. Yeah. Which is what it ought to be, supposedly. Yeah. So, on, so like, you know, it, it was interesting to watch them be like, oh, I ate a bunch of candy at the movies and I felt like shit the next day, right? Like, we don't understand that, what, like, as a society, we do not associate what we put into our bodies, that, like, affecting our energy levels and our mental health and our, like, bodily operations and all of that kind of stuff. And so watching those connections, I think, is really interesting. Um, and for me, I've been trying to do this for years, mm-hmm. right? Like the supplements and the food and the exercise and all the shit. And I just do it for a few months and stop and do it for a few months and stop. And so I'm committed in a way that I haven't been in. I can feel the difference. Fair in enough. Now. Yeah. But it took me years to get there. And so it's this, I'm making sure that I continue to be sympathetic to the other folks who are struggling with right. um, how to maintain this and what it means for them. And, you know, understanding that it took me a long time to get here as well, and that it's right. still a struggle for me. Right. I mean, that that sort of... I'm just over-feeling like shit. Like, the trauma of the public abuse that I get, that my personal traumas in my own life and all that stuff, it all comp- adds up and adds up and adds up. And at some point, you're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. 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 And so if there's... And if you can find a thing that is... Because sometimes... I mean, our initial reaction is to go and get the booze or go and get the candy or go and get the, in my case, rotisserie chicken. Uh, I enjoy a rotisserie chicken a great deal. It gives you a high. It really, uh, (laughs) maybe it's tryptophan. (laughs) We don't know. Well, and that's the thing about depression, too, is that it is such a chicken and egg kind of situation because, like, when you're depressed, you know that doing certain things are good for you, but mm-hmm. you can't fucking do them because you're, you're depressed. Yes. Right? Like, it's really hard to motivate. It's like exercise is the worst thing ever. If you told me five years ago that I would love working out, yeah. I don't love it. I love that it happened. I love right. after. Right. Um, I would laugh in your face. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, that's the worst thing ever. Um, but so that's the thing about depression, too, is that it's really hard to do anything and to function. And, and I think that we have a uh, a national level of depression across the board right. because how many people on stage at this show so far have mm-hmm. talked about how 2017 has been really hard on them creatively yeah because they've been we've all been so depressed and depleted and like trying to get through right. well, this political time right we're living through a war zone and it's and it's and it's it doesn't look like a war zone except for that it's it has there's a war mentality and it's it's got everybody beat down and it's and it's hard to get some air and and to get out of it so yeah. like and so whenever anybody makes fun of self-care and all of those words because those words uh they're easy to mock but yeah. the but the thing is, is if you don't take care of yourself you're guess what you're going to be mocking you're going to be you're going to be mocking uh your own suicide 
Uh, right? I mean, <laughs> just like, where are you going with, oh. Uh, it fell apart weird. there at the end. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, but that's the thing too is I was like, when did I turn into a fucking hippie? I hate hippies. And I'm oh, like, I have always been a crystal clutcher, man. And, yeah. <laughs> Since the day. But I'm like, I'm talking about mindfulness and shit. And I'm like, oh, when did I become that person? Well, and the thing, the problem is. But it's is important. The thing, it is important. And the problem is, is that the gomers who make up the words make are the things that really i mean because you're like yeah yes but you sound like a snl sketch you do i know and, it's um, totally what it is so but if you don't take care of yourself you will hurt yourself so yeah so no, you gotta totally, do it totally. now completely aside from this which was not the topic we were supposed to be talking about. Right, at all. I'm kind of. Depri- wanna... I'm a dork about depression. Right, and exactly. And, <laughs> and there's absolutely nothing wrong. Are you kidding? But it is related to food stuff. So yeah, you know, it's not totally unrelated. Right, and I am. I'm, I am kind of a dork about health. So there you go. There we go. Yeah, I'm bringing it back around. We're in the forest still. We're still in the forest. Dork, 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 dork. So is that what it sounds like in the forest? Uh, somebody made a uh, – Mike Upchurch once made a uh, the word dork with uh, birds in the background and it was just like dork, 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 dork. That's wonderful. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. I don't use it you anymore. You have lovely fans. I, I really do actually yeah. quite honestly. Uh, things are all working out. That's because you're lovely. Aw. I am the golden retriever of stand-up comedy is what I like to say. I That's perfect. Um, I like golden retrievers. Everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, you're some sort of monster. Yeah, Something's exactly. gone horribly So if, if people don't like you, they are monsters is what this comes down to. Well, I, you said it. I did. <laughs> I, Anita Sarkeesian, quote me. Exactly. You got my back. And uh, so um, – but I love the idea because you said you said the weirdest thing is that I love bougie foods. Love bougie foods. <laughs> and but but there's the more expensive the better. The more ex- <laughs> just weird, obscure. Have you ever been to Japan? No. Can Me you neither. believe it? I can't actually. I okay. You were born to go to Japan and and be judged. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, no. I like. Talking about food culture and yeah. like the capital of like the bougiest, like high end, but not even bougie, just like just delicious weird. food all yeah. over the. I just, I need, I want to go to Japan yes. and eat and ride high speed, high speed trains. Oh, okay. At the same time. <laughs> Pardon me while I get a bento box and get on this train. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Um, my problem is that I travel so much for work that the idea of sitting on a plane for fun for more than an hour yeah. is like hell. Yeah. Yeah. And you go to Europe for a fairly long I do. Amount? I did yeah. last. I went a lot last year. Yeah. And I want to die every time I get on that plane. I'm going to Yellowstone with uh, my in-laws and my husband. And they're like, we want to drive. And I was like, I want to meet you there. <laughs> and, uh, 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 and luckily, I'm going to. Uh, You're going to drive or meet No, they're going to they're gonna drive. And uh, Andy's mom's are uh adorable and lovely and i do genuinely love them uh i don't want to spend four days in a car with me uh much less sure others. sure and in addition to spending more time with you on the vacation right so we're i'm gonna meet them at yellowstone we're gonna uh go to deadwood because andy liked that tv show mm-hmm. and then we're gonna go look at the president's heads uh which i have warned them is essentially wow all I right. have no interest in doing Let's that. Let's go to lunch. So let me know how that goes. And, uh, well, would, I, although I've never, I so I have not. So I, I spent most of my life being like, "Cool, let's sit in front of TVs and yeah, computers." Yeah. What is outside? I don't understand. You're outside. indoor people. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm not anymore. That was part of my like mental health, like trying to get out of the depression of the trauma of Gamergate and all that shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, I like hiking and like fresh air and oceans and shit. So I feel like there's all of these like. 
Are all you the doing national things? forests and stuff. I have. I live in San Francisco. Have I ever been to Yosemite? Never. We just went. Tahoe. Right. Any, I've never been to any of them. We just went to Yosemite. Why didn't you invite me? Uh, well, we didn't know each other. And it was you three should've. years ago. I Don't know. all Armenians know each other? Uh, th- some people think so. <laughs> and, uh, though, do you know James Adomian? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know any Armenians, to be a, honest. I know like two. It's a, the, I have never, because I'm Wisconsin Armenian. Yeah. And then which I moved. It's not to, real. I don't believe you. Oh, my God. We have melted so far into the, into the woodwork that it is more Wisconsin than Armenian. So, except for that, uh, there's a lot of, like, whenever anybody in, in LA is like, you don't look Armenian. And I'm like, I can do food and church. You want to do either of those? We can help. Dare for me on, dare for me on. And then, uh, and <laughs> I was walked into my apartment building a couple days ago, and it smelled like Armenian church. I was like, "Are my neighbor? What kind of incense are my neighbors lighting that it smells like a fucking? It's a very specific church smell that a, no other churches no. do." I was do you, uh, immediately transported back into the hell of sitting there being lectured at in Armenian. That I don't understand uh, for that, hours. Here's what I love about Armenian church is that it is all in Armenian. And so I can think anything I want. You can. Yeah. That's so, true. But it's also like ancient Armenian. Oh, yeah. And they stare. I took a non-Armenian to an Armenian wedding once. And they were like, what in the fuck did you take Because <laughs> it's hardcore Orthodox, right? So they wear, first of all, they speak to the wall with their back to you, which mm-hmm. is weird to most people. Well, they're, they're, they're hiding the, 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 the they're, they're turning uh, bread into some Jesus. Yes. Yes. The, so. Oh, the bread at Armenian churches are so good, though, right? <laughs> Fucking my and mama. And we weed off into kata. When, when I <laughs> learned, well, I'm bringing it back to faith. Yeah, yeah. Here no, I love it. Um, when my mom, when I finally learned that I could start saying no to going to church oh. and, like, get away with it, uh, I would just make my mom bring me the bread back. You oh, know, that really hilarious. light saw. And so she would, she would yeah. pocket it and bring it back to me yeah, at home. And so it was delightful. Wrapped in wax paper, I hope. Yeah, or a napkin or some yeah, shit. It's, yeah, because uh, 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 I have a new joke on uh, – I, I have a story that I – it's almost impossible for me to t- – I've told it probably a dozen times on stage. And luckily, it was during the recording of my album. And it's about the genocide. And it's essentially – is what I, I told – genocide jokes. Genocide jo- – <laughs> nobody does geno- Armenian genocide <laughs> jokes like myself. Um, so – but my grandmother was uh, hilarious. She lived through the genocide. And nobody's funnier than people who live through a genocide because uh, they're just like, can you believe it? <laughs> anyway, so uh, the uh, – but I rem- – I, she had the greatest story from when um, – when I was 19, I told her I didn't want to go to church anymore. And uh, she told me the story about when the Turks came and emptied their uh, village in 1915. Uh, she was f- 16 years old. And um, she said the Turkish general was uh, – she said he was a pretty good guy. He let us uh, – who was going to drive us off into the desert to was die. Was he a nice guy? He wasn't. It was, you, know, you know how like, you go, well, he said – He's all, he's trying. Anyway, he was trying not to kill us while he killed us. And uh, so uh, she said that they were rousted so quick that there was still bread in the oven. And she, 60 years later, was still worried about the bread. And I was like, Grandma, Aww. guess what? Probably burned. Anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it burned the house down and then the Turks went with it. Yeah. Maybe or, she was responsible for the murder of some Turks. Or uh, uh, my great uncle Haji uh, went back. Uh, he, I should show you this picture of my great uncle my great uncle haji printed money with his picture on it to pay an <laughs> army to fight the turks uh, okay 
We have to start another podcast <laughs> just so I can hear these stories. This is so, delightful. Okay, but here's the scoop. So by, the Turks come. The general says that my f- grandmother's family can bring their donkey out into the desert to die. And my grandmother's grandmother <laughs> is supposed to ride this donkey. Okay. The village priest stole the donkey. So that he could ride it instead of my grandmother's what grandmother. What a dick. Yep. My grandmother, 16 years old, took a two by four and beat the priest off of the donkey. Is this a real story? That's a real story. Yes. Grandma. And, yes. And she told me that story right after I told her I didn't want to go to church anymore. And she goes, I go to church. And I beat a priest. And I beat a priest. <laughs> and uh, you'd think I would have lost faith in the church. I did not. I lost faith in that asshole. And, uh, and I was like, oh, God. Okay, I'll go to church. And yeah, <laughs> so, that's um, a compelling story. Oh, she's full of compelling stories. Uh, the 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 powerful story is, of course, about our political situation. Was that, uh, and it came to me right after the election. Which was the thing is, is because I was about thirteen and I made her cry because uh, I was like, well, "What was the genocide like, Grandma?" And, uh, <laughs> and so she, which is not unreasonable to ask at that age. Well, but when yeah. you're 13, you don't you know don't any know. better. Yeah. And so, uh, so she's, um, she said, "Well, for every 200 Armenians walking into the desert, there was one Turkish soldier with a gun." And then she just stared at me, and I asked her the question that was clearly the question to ask, which was, "Why didn't you guys just kill that guy?" You could have all tackled that guy. And she said, and I quote, nobody wanted to be the first to die. So we all died. Oh, that's you're like, so gut-wrenching. Fuck. And uh, my joke, of course, is that. Uh, <laughs> yes, because it had to be. There has yeah. to be a punchline. Was yeah. that she told me that story because she wanted me to be the first to die. You know, when you're the, <laughs> oh, when you're the, the second <laughs> child and the youngest of six, the second girl, totally expendable. Yeah. She's like, you should totally just tackle him. Yeah. If, and and uh, so the decision was made that I will be tackling. All right. Uh, there will be no ice. There will be no there will be no Muslims in trains. Yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah. And. Uh, but here's the thing. Okay, this is so derailing. But the thing is, Armenians are so fucking conservative. And, and that's part of being this the diaspora mentality, right? You look at a lot of different cultures and communities that are part of a di- diaspora that um, become very uh, conservative, very, like, insular. Like, Gen- Glendale is a fucking nightmare. Like, living in L.A. for several years, I got lectured everywhere when when people found out i was armenian Mm -hmm. and didn't speak armenian i got lectured i got Mm -hmm. ignored i got walked away from Mm -hmm. like i was not a good enough armenian anymore instead of being like why wouldn't you want to learn armenian now and you're like well because i live here in america yeah no i would so but here's the fucking irony of that whole story is that i my first language was armenian i went to i grew up in a very white suburb i went to preschool speaking broken english yeah and got made fun of so badly that i came home and said i was never speaking armenian again Uh aha so fuck racism yeah first of all yeah and then fuck you for like for, 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 for doing it in the other direction. Right. right? And, and, and nailing me now. Yeah. But so like when I meet other like it happens very rarely, but occasionally Armenian um, young women will come up to me at events at schools and be like, I'm Armenian and thank you mm-hmm. because I didn't have any role Armenian role models. I didn't I didn't like Armenians. I like rejected our culture for a really long time because I thought that they were annoying and gossipy and too insular and conservative and didn't have my values and my politics and all of that. And so it's rare to meet someone where you're like, hey, you didn't vote for Trump. Cool. <laughs> right. right. Because Armenians only care about having the 
gen- the genocide recognized. So when you meet other progressive Armenians, you're like, holy shit, you exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but, we need to get out of that. We need to we need to be there for right. other Oh, sorry, I now I'm remembering why I brought this up even is because like why aren't we there for other communities that are being deported, that are being like cast aside and different that where like yeah. types of abuse are happening that we have historical experience with yeah. and supporting them. And that, it's the same reason why isn't the Jewish community supportive of Armenians being recognized and the genocide. And some and of them story. are. And it's, it's, true, it's right, true. Right. But also, why would you? Because Armenians are fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm of two minds of this, but I do. Right. I, there's a complication there for me in terms of my own Armenian identity and not feeling connected to the community at all. William Saroyan wrote such a beautiful book back in the 30s. No, it was, uh, remember Passage to Ararat? Did you ever read Passage to Ararat? No. It was about a guy who was raised among asshole Armenians and then um, had to, I don't think that was Saroyan, it was somebody else, uh, but it was, uh, he met Saroyan in the book. Anyway, so it was about a guy who was like, I hate Armenians. I'm Armenian. I hate Armenians. And then he goes to Ararat uh, or he goes to Yerevan and he sees Ararat from the other side, of course. But, uh, the, but the, the crazy thing is, is that it's how he finds, cause there's obviously plenty of decent Armenians in the world. Yeah. And, well, um, there's, there's some. <laughs> good to know you here. You're like, <laughs> yeah. really? We're all Where in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, you know, um, I was telling you that there's this Armenian Nights stand-up show at Flappers yeah, yeah. in down in downtown Burbank in Los Angeles every. And the audience is so funny because they're all Armenian comics and they grew up in LA most of them. So they do their act half in English, half in Armenian. Oh, interesting. And uh they have like weird super Armenian specific LA jokes. Like this one guy has this amazing bit about how he comes from a mixed uh, his family is a mixed race family. Uh, his dad is Beirutzi and his mom is Hayastan. And, uh, you're like, well, that's hilarious if you know what the fuck that means. And, uh, but it's, and the audience does. Yeah. And, but the difference between the Armenians that you meet everywhere else, like, especially, you know, the, it, it's, it's that new immigrant thing where the new immigrants, when I first moved to Los Angeles, it was in 97, I think. And, um, Everyone in Wisconsin, all the Armenians in Wisconsin were like, well, you got to watch out for the Beirutzi Armenians, which were all these Armenians who came to the United States in the 70s from Lebanon. They're like, they're all thugs and, and mobsters. And you're like, first of all, nobody immigrates anywhere because things are going well. So why don't you shut the fuck up? Yeah. And then, uh, and now 20 years later, uh, all, everyone in Wisconsin is like the Beirutzi Armenians are. They've melted essentially, right? There's their 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 kids are going to college now. They're like, you got to watch out for the Armenian or, uh, Armenians, the highest on Armenians yeah, yeah, who came totally. from Armenia it's, in the early 2000s because they're all thugs and mobsters. And I'm like, again, yeah, yeah, you're being a jerk. So I forget that I. So I grew up in Canada. Yeah, um, we're and, like in a, like near Toronto or Montreal. Near Toronto. Or, okay. And, um, I, for, so I had my experiences there with Armenians or whatever, but so when I moved to LA, the, the, I forget my, imp- when I talk shit about Armenians, I, in my mind, I'm thinking about Glendale Armenians and I forget that Armenians at, on other parts of the country are very different. The mm-hmm. commu- East coast Armenians are very different and they've been there for longer. Right. They've been they've there for over a hundred years. Yeah. yeah. And so like the Glendale Armenians are very insular. They're, it's very ghettoized in it's, a lot of ways. It's Saddam Hussein. 
Essentially. <laughs> they are essentially, they are millionaires who want to put a, a gold paint on a, or, a plastic chandelier. Or they're pretending. Like, yeah. I know. Or you're like, you have two Mercedes and you live in a tiny apartment, one bedroom apartment with like 20 people, yes. right? Like, it's very image-based. But it's a different culture yeah. that is un- unwilling to be a part of a larger community. And I'm not for assimilation. I think that that's a very messy, complicated, like I'm not like you need to Americanize. Right. But also like there, like the, the deep racism that I have heard at dinner conversations with my like extended Armenian family or with like people, my family grew up with is like, they're literally talking about the Mexicans and how they're coming in and all the signs are in Spanish and how dare they. And I don't understand. I was like, like, we're literally in Glendale where there's (laughs) everything is written in Armenian. And like, they're like, they come here and they get on welfare. I was like, you're fucking aunt that's sitting at the table right now has literally not worked a day in her life and she's on i'm just it is this utter disconnect of like we are the good we are the good like quote unquote white people that deserve this life and those are the bad brown people and so that there's no understanding of like no we're literally in this together yes right and and we have more privilege right it's why it what makes it it genuinely can make you hate People that you were raised in a, like, cause what I love about the Armenian church is that it's a, it's, there's some sweet old ladies, you know? Yeah. I want to learn how to make Manta and Sarma and it's going to be great. And I, my great aunt Alice is a delight. Yeah. And, um, but there's, but when there's jerks at the church, you're like, I can't hang out with you because you're wrong <laughs> and you're mean. Yeah. Well, and have, have you ever been to Armenia? No. Okay. Have you? I went once. Okay. It was uh, – so I have friends who live there that were getting married. So I went for their wedding. Okay. And it was a weird experience because I was like, going to the motherland, <laughs> right? Like this is – the as an Armenian, you grow up with like – so my family's from Iraq. Okay. Um, But my parents – and they always talk about – I've been that. to Iraq. Have you? Yes, but just wow, for, like, because for of the troops. Yeah, wow. Because I prefer for the troops. Did you? Sure. Well, it's yeah. another conversation yeah, I yeah. want to have with you. Yeah. Um, maybe with tacos on the beach. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but so like they would talk about back home, but like they are Armenian through and through. Like they're they don't. I, my parents don't yeah. say they're Iraqi. They say they're Armenian. And yeah. so even though they had never been to Armenia, Armenia is the motherland that yeah. you like always. Whatever. And so I when I went, I was like. I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't really like it. And I realized why yeah. eventually. To me, I didn't quite know the division in my upbringing of the difference between Arab culture and the difference between Armenian culture because it's such a – it's always been mixed in my house because right. my parents were born and raised in Iraq. An Arab country. Yeah, in yeah. an Arab country. And so there was – you know, they grew up with an Armenian community, and so there's lots of Armenian stuff, but then there's Arab stuff. So when I would talk to my friends about certain food, like Armenian friends about certain food stuff, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, it's Armenian. And, and I go back to my mom, and she'd be like, no, no, that's Musuli. Yeah. Right? Like, so that's, like there's this that's one – That's Iraqi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, when I went to Armenia, it was so – not Western Armenian, which is what my family is. So the people who, a lot of the folks who suffered through the genocide and survived it ended yeah. up in Middle Eastern countries and, and their own type of culture formed yeah. that was mixed in with Arab countries. The Armenians that were in Eastern Armenia, which is what we consider Armenia today. Like Soviet Armenia. Yeah. yeah. So much Russian influence yeah. that I don't understand. The food is different. The, mm-hmm. like Everything about it is so different that it didn't feel like any markers to me 
me of my upbringing. It feels much more Russian. My it's my so, great uncle yeah. Sebu, he came to visit us in the late seventies, and he was a member of the Communist Party, and he was a colonel in the Russian Army, the Soviet Army, and uh, and he was, uh, he was Russian in yeah. my head. I was like, that guy's not Armenian. Yeah, and, and when you hang out there, there's a lot of Russian mixed in, like yeah. in the language, and so it just and Eastern Armenian and Western Armenian languages are different. Yeah, so like I can understand a bit of Western Armenian because that's what I grew up with. I Eastern Armenian sounds like a completely different language to right. me, and my parents even struggle with it when they're there because it's so different. And, but the food. Yeah. So Eastern Armenian food is more boring than Western Armenian food, oh. but Armenia, uh, Yerevan has mm-hmm. like a plethora of food options. And there was this one Syrian restaurant mm-hmm. that had, do you know, um, Chakufta? Are you familiar with Chakufta, the raw beef? The oh, ball, like, like a, a kib- like a kibbeh kind of thing, but yeah, uh, but tartar. Somehow. Yeah, <laughs> it is one of my favorite things ever. It's raw beef, and they mix it with bulgur and just a little bit of salt in a like a tiny yes. bit of spice. It, I, I have had that. Twenty plates of this thing. It was. I went to every restaurant that served it and compared all of them. It and how the much did best. it vary? Did it? It it or was it pretty standardized? It is. It is standardized generally because mm-hmm. there's not as that much ingredients, but some places just do it better, right? And like, it's ground it's beef like fresher. or ground lamb? It's ground beef. Okay. It's ground beef. And it's a particular cut of beef. It has to be because yeah, it's, it's raw. super fine. Yeah. And well. and are you doing cit- – is it citrus, did you say? What's no, it? No, no. It's bulgur. Like yeah. Bulgur yeah. and, um, and like salt. A little bit of grain. A little – yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god, it's so good! It's one of the best. And then just ever. salt, and then maybe some parsley, or no? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I think. I think it. You know, like you can vary on those sorts of things, right? Like there might be maybe yeah. even a little raw garlic. That's what I would. I would put. That sounds good, but that's not how they do it. That's not how it's, it's, it's not, not happening. Not, no, 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 don't don't ruin the tradition. Don't dude. ruin the tradition. No, <laughs> do whatever you want. To, right, I'm here to break it. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, well, that sounds amazing. It was really good. Do you realize we're 50 minutes into this thing I, and we <laughs> haven't talked about food? <laughs> I like do I don't but we just feel met, like a dork like yesterday. About yeah. yeah. We needed and to get this out. We really did. Yeah. There'll, there'll be other episodes. Yeah. But uh so um so you live in the Bay Area. I do. How is the food there? Uh there I have not found any good Arab food in the Bay Area. I haven't looked hard, but right. it's just not there's not like as big of a community there, but like the food in the Bay Area generally is amazing. Right. Most of California has amazing restaurants yes. and, and stuff. One of the big reasons why I moved back to California was because I wanted access to like fresh produce and fresh meats and like organic meats and the fucking right. natural yeah. ass farm shit. Yeah. <laughs> the bougie right. shit, right? right, right. I'm a hippie. I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, but I am. But right. you right, you've been you've been sucked into I'm, the fact that uh, it's healthier. Yeah. So because yeah. you know, hippies it, they're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They're just sometimes I, insufferable because they say Nicaragua. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Um, no, there's, del- there's delightful, um, like, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good food in San Francisco and there's a lot of good, like, experimentation with food and stuff like that. So, cool. It's a good place to be. Is there, um, so if you're eating a lot of meats and vegetables, yes. What's your favorite vegetable these days? I, I, that's what. Do you have a way that vegetables are being done that you would recommend <laughs> to the people of America or the the rangers of the dork forest, shall we say, who are everywhere, not just in? America. What's my favorite vegetable? Mm-hmm. I you know how like there's a lot. Of, a lot you of can ask, ask me what my favorite meat is. I can answer that. Oh, quickly. you can do meat easier. Okay, what's your favorite meat? Lamb. Well, I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> I and, have I have eaten every single part of the lamb because I was in Morocco. 
Yeah. And I was there during one of their big holidays. Yeah. And uh, for this particular holiday, every family gets a lamb. Okay. A live lamb. And, um, but a, not for long. No. And then a butcher <laughs> comes around to everybody's house and slaughters the lamb. And then there's a whole preparation. And so like every family does this for the most part. Um, and I was documenting the process for a friend and I was like, I'm an American. I can't watch an animal being killed in front of me. What do you mean? And I was like, I, it actually became a really great experience and it okay. made me feel so much more connected to food and the process of food. And it's very humane how it's done, right? It's very quick. They Look know over there. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but through that process, you watched like they like clean the intestines and then they stuff them and they serve them and they, they char the head and they take the skin and they turn it into leather for like bedding and that sort of thing. And like lamb testicles are a delicacy that tastes disgusting i bet yeah uh and i'm sure my father would insist that he gets them yes i'm sure Uh, and lamb brains are delicious are they with some scrambled eggs fuck yeah (laughs) super good i'm just saying um but so that's a really there's a lot of pieces that i I don't like a lot of intestines in that oh speaking of intestines have you had pacha like the big armenian it's, no. it's a huge Armenian stew of just intestines. It's fucking disgusting. And my parents lose their shit over it. They love it. Yeah. <laughs> my dad Anyways, used to love Bostroma. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, Bostroma. Bostroma's fine. It's, a, it's, a, fine. it's like fine. a prosciutto-y kind of... Uh, Delicious. Right. But in Wisconsin, it was a beef jerky. Oh, no. Which that's is horrible. Is. And uh, uh, in, in L.A., if you get Bostroma, it's prosciutto. Yeah. It's essentially this beautiful, fresh, You find the dude amazing, that makes it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got an amazing uh, Armenian butcher who is consistently surprised that I'm alive. Uh, <laughs> he's just like, you l- don't look Armenian at all. How do you know to order? And I'm like, just, you don't have to talk to me. What does that mean? Why, Why don't, don't you take Armenian? my $7 Shut and, and <laughs> shove it up your ass and give me the food I want? My The Armenian butchers that I've gone to are always like, are you dating a good Armenian guy? Oh the my Armenian god! Guy? Why you had got a guy married to a good Armenian guy? Yeah, I'm like what? I don't know you. Do you know Why what? are you asking me about dating? Here's here's what I like to say. Well, because uh, men are constantly asking us about dating. But whenever anybody would say that to me, I was like, you know what happens when you breed dogs too close together? You get nervous dogs. That's why. <laughs> I'm gonna the next time I'm gonna be like. I'm dating a great Armenian woman, <laughs> and they're gonna lose their shit. Oh my god! The uh, um, that's that's this Armenian night stand-up thing. There's a gay uh, gay Armenian comic who goes up, and he's married. To and uh, the audience was like, "So I'm gay and Armenian," and uh, and the audience because they're a comedy audience, and they've known that they've come to a comedy club. They are by definition more liberal, uh, and okay. they are. There was a, a couple of people who were gasping, and then and then he was like, "But he's a very nice Armenian boy." And then they That's applauded. So it was uh, <laughs> so he married a nice Armenian boy, and so they applaud. That's a and, really good joke. And my sister is gay. One of the funniest things, Nancy Cation, our stepmother, again was told my sister that she could not tell our grandmother, yeah, that she was gay because yeah. it would kill her. And Darla Cation said uh, out loud uh, to Nancy Cation. Or maybe just to me. I don't know if she said it to Nancy. <laughs> but she said it to me. She said, really? So grandma lived through the genocide. But my homosexuality is really, that's going to that's gonna be the thing. That's going to kill her. Yep. Yep. Seems unlikely. And, uh, <laughs> All Armenians. We're so consistent. <laughs> oh, the dum-dums. Yeah. And uh, except for the Nancy Cation, Italian and Polish. Uh, so, uh, and Catholic. So... Cool. And very funny, uh, and dead. I definitely I do her. not dork out about being Armenian. No, so it, I'm just I love that obsession. we had a whole Armenian cast, right? Wh- about <laughs> something I do not. Welcome to the dork forest called Armenian cast. Maybe I'll <laughs> call this one 
Armo cast. Here <laughs> yes. we are. Here we go. And it's um, like here. So I can make Manta, which I call Manta. But I'm talking about Monty. Okay, Everyone else it calls Monta. it Monty. You just decided to rename this thing. Well, on your my own. grandmother called it Manta. Oh, uh, she called. She survived uh, the genocide. You can't exa- argue that. Right. She she, she has, wins. Well, my father's Armenian is this complete hash of Armenian, Turkish, and Arabic mm-hmm. because of my grandmother and everyone in South Milwaukee. Like the Armenian word for automobile is automobile uh, because when my grandmother <laughs> left the Turkey in 1916. Left the Turkey? Le- left the Turkey. When she left Turkey in, in, the, in 1915, there were no automobiles. There was only one bike. She had only seen one bicycle yeah. in her life. And so, no, that uh, makes sense. yeah, so there was, there's no, like, so the, the mishmash of Armenian and English and Turkish and Arabic, it's just a, a conglomeration yeah. of crap. But Monty, uh, right. which is one of, one of my favorites. Oh, it's outstanding. I didn't realize, so as a kid, I loved it. And it's I'd an always Armenian be like, dumpling, by the way. It is an Armenian dumpling. They're really small. But as a kid. They look like wing nuts. And you, you put them in, um, you, you, cook, you can bake them or you can boil them. Mm-hmm. And you cook them in broth with a little bit of garlic yogurt. Uh, and you oh, you do garlic up. yogurt? We, I, we, we never garlic did garlic yogurt. yogurt. We just my did mom, yogurt. over Christmas this year, made me hand mash the garlic in a um, mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. with a mortar and pestle, um, for like 20 minutes to make the garlic super, super, super creamy, like fine, fine and yeah. creamy. And like, I was like, holy shit, that's next time. That's what yeah, I do. Yeah. But um, I didn't realize... I loved it. And so as a kid, I was always like, I want Monty. I want Monty. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how fucking hard it is to make. Oh, it's the most it's labor not hard. Int- it's just ex- labor it's, intensive. It You have to make every single tiny one. You have to hand make every single tiny one and you eat it in two seconds. Right. My grandmother would make them in lots of a thousand. Oh, my God. And she we would there for eat, days. Yeah. And, and, and we would just eat them like by the handful because she would freeze them in bags yeah and so she you, what it is is it looks like a wing nut you have uh you, she's made a thousand wing nuts that she's baked she's put them in bags of a hundred in the fridge i don't know I, that she counted them but um we would eat she would and then she would serve them in uh in soup uh but we would just eat them by handfuls cold and she's like really you cannot like raw no, they were baked. Oh, they were or pre-baked. Yeah, they were Got pre-baked, it. and then she would put them in the soup. Oh, and, okay, um, okay. It was one one of my grandmother's greatest regrets is that she was an amazing baklava maker, and we, none of us hated. None of us liked baklava. Really? Okay. So my mother makes the best baklava, as I'm sure oh. everybody thinks that their mothers make the best. But right. my mother does it a little bit differently. Interesting. Uh, which I will not give away the family recipe, which she taught me this year, finally. Okay. <laughs> um, but hers is is less sweet and a little flakier. Oh. It's not as drippy. Um, and so, you know, I'll make you... Well, oh, please. I, I would like I'm to down, try. Next time I'm down, it's in California. But... but- what I we did love was we loved her Monta Monty and then we I'm loved her uh, uh, her Boreg. Oh, Bore- uh, oh, all this shit I can't eat anymore. This is right because all because Boreg is filo dough even, and cheese. It, oh, it's so good. And it's, even the like um, the kuftas, right? Which you're like, oh, I can eat the meat. It's filled with fucking bulgur, bulgur. which yeah, is bulgur rice. Delightful. And it's oh. delightful. So she would make the little bulgurs, the the, the little kuftas. And then she would make the big kuftas, and I one time have made the big kuftas. So um, how did that go? They were the size of small softballs, sure, uh, but sure. guess what? Tasted just fine. Did they? But yeah. there's an amazing uh, sort of it's a Lebanese Israeli restaurant in my neighborhood. Yeah, which is a it's what a weird mashup. But they have a kufta that they call kibbe. I oh think. yeah, kibbe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but the food's amazing. The pilaf's amazing. It's yeah. all. Did you? Um, 
Did you grow up with home cooked Armenian food? <laughs> so, like hummus. Let's talk about hummus for a minute. Except for that, hummus is an Armenian. It's your that's your Arabic ancestry. That is my Arabic ancestry. Yeah. So, did you grow up with homemade hummus? No. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. So that's my thing where I'm like, I don't. I, when people are like, oh, I brought hummus, and I'm like, you bought store bought crap <laughs> from like, Ralph's, it's, please. Yeah, it's like when, um, I, like any anybody of their own cultural background has like homemade. Like it's like it's like if you're uh, Mexican and someone brings guacamole tamales. from the store or something, or tamales or whatever. You're like, this is crap. Like I can't do yeah. hummus that's not homemade. A frozen taquito has not seen a Mexican woman in a hundred years. Yes, yes, understandably. Yeah. Um, but hummus is the easiest thing to make. Like because it it's just chickpeas and lemon and garlic, right? And or tahini oil? and tahini and oil and water and yeah. Okay, so you but, need tahini. Tahini is the weird thing. Tahini is yeah, the tahini. opposite of weird. I well, just, you have to go find tahini if you don't know where to buy okay. tahini. Here's my tip from here, me to you. Tahini is <laughs> the best thing on earth, and I find reasons to put it what in is, everything. And tahini, is it sesame seeds? Yeah, it's just it's so. But I don't think people think about tahini like a, a nut butter. Like so, there's almond butter and there's yeah. sunflower butter. It tahini is just sesame seed, sesame seed butter. butter. So I, you've blown my mind. I know, and it only this only occurred to me because I made a smoothie with tahini, and it was fucking amazing. And everyone what? is like, "What? That's so weird." And I'm like, "Try it." And then they're like, "It's delicious." Here's the recipe. Are you ready, okay. listeners? Please. Here's my <laughs> my. Okay, first of all, this is much better in a Vitamix than in a traditional blender because it. A Vitamix, Vitamix will, is a is a is a is a juicing machine. No, a Vitamix is a really powerful blender. Okay. Um. So, almond milk or a milk of your choosing. Okay. A liquid of your choosing. I don't care what you choose. Right. Maybe water. Uh, That'd be weird. You want something a little creamy. Okay. But you could do milk or yogurt or right. uh, coconut milk or whatever. Um, spinach. A handful of spinach. Uh, flax seeds. Right. I use a hemp protein powder. Okay. Shout out to hemp Shout protein out. powder. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, half a banana. Okay. Frozen blueberries. Not, see, now I'm interested. And a couple tablespoons of tahini. Right, which it's makes that a savory with a hint of well, sweet. Well, I do. It's a protein smoothie. Right. So, right, right. So, I the, don't do a lot of sugar. So, right, right. But the, except the, last night when I ate an entire watermelon. Oh, that's a good idea, though. Uh, I was going to ask you, what's your favorite protein bar? So I've been so okay doing like so doing the whole thirty sugar is kind of so you don't want to eat a lot of dates and stuff. So I was looking for protein bars that I can just throw in my bag and eat yeah. when I'm traveling or whatever. Um, and I found this one. So it was okay. Based in Chicago was this company. They're called RX Bars. Oh my God! They advertised on the door. I was hoping, I was praying to God you were going to say so that. Click right, into this. Right. Well, yeah, I because think- I just did an ad for RX bars. I should put that on my podcast. It's, uh, they sent me a free box of RX bars. I eat and them. I did eat them. <laughs> Aren't they good? They were really good. Yeah, see, they all they are, are two egg whites, uh, two dates. <laughs> I love, I love the packaging. It totally, it totally feeds into no my BS. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have like twenty of those in my room right now. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so if you need any, let me know. No, my, but they were just bought by 20, Kellogg, I think. Like were I think they? they were bought by a corporation, like a big corporation, which is why they're first order twenty five percent off. Rangers, uh, go back. <laughs> it was like you just got to okay. use my code. I genuinely. So I'm. I've been thinking about doing 
ads on our podcast because yeah. we don't right now. And I'm like, I just need to find the things that I actually like and that yes. would be okay, like pimping out because I'm super into them. They are, there are no refined sugars in them because they're made, I'm totally doing an ad right now. It's, it's a block of paste. It's a block of paste. With actual nuts in it, which I like. And then, uh, and they're and never they're sweet too sweet. They're sweetened with dates. They're never too sweet. And they're, but they're, uh, but they also have a pretty good consistency because of the nuts. Yeah. It yeah. works. It works. And like they say, they're satiating and you don't have to feel super guilty eating them or anything. And, and they're the, not full of crap. They're not full of crap. And they're, I mean, they're a protein bar. So they, you eat them when you have to eat something yeah. and uh, they're sort of emergency food. And they're small. You know, it's a bar. Just keep them in your bag. And yeah. You can eat them whenever it's, you need it. I swear. Uh, that's hilarious because my sister also loves them and they offered to advertise on the door for us. And I was like, are they any good? And uh, but then they sent me a thing. and I was like. Yes, I yes, will advertise your stuff. <laughs> and then you, I was like, I needed to ask what they were. That's so hilarious. Yeah, super good. I'm into uh, it. Now I need to know that you like stamps.com and uh, uh, simple I contacts. I love stamps.com. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Right. How about simple contacts? I hate contacts. Contact lenses. So probably not. But you well, can have it. I'm sure that your your fans should buy. I, I'm not advertising for you. Sorry. Don't worry about it. You've done, you've <laughs> well, done everything. I don't know where I'm going with You've this. done everything that you can. So uh, I like the tahini uh, smoothie. Yeah. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian, I have to have you back on so we can talk about something else. Uh, because <laughs> well, uh, let me to go through a Wikipedia hole and then come back. Exactly. So you guys, if you go to feministfrequency.com, that's uh, where all the writings are. Uh, you can, Videos, podcasts, the all, whole works. Yeah, the, all of that. And uh, at femfreak, F-E-M-F-R-E-Q-Q. Queen? Yeah, that got dirty all of a sudden. <laughs> and at Anita Sarkeesian on Twitter, S A R K E E S I A N. Thank you so much for doing the show. I loved it. Thanks, Rangers. For you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?